Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. We're going to begin today's program reading the 13th chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 31. He told them another parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. This indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest among herbs and is a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and mixed in 60 pounds of meal until it had leavened the whole batch. At the risk of appearing repetitive in order to understand these parables properly, we need to clearly understand the mood of the people that were around Jesus, including the disciples at this time. You see, the people had an expectancy that the messianic kingdom was going to burst upon the world with an overwhelming force. And yet Jesus, as he came teaching and talking, he said, the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God has come. I mean, John the Baptist had been preaching, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, what was really happening? Well, there were a few sick people, perhaps I should say many sick people who had been helped. But most of them were in an obscure corner up in Galilee. As far as the people at large were concerned, you know, the politicians of the land, the intellectuals, the lawyers, well, they were all rejecting Jesus. The attitude down at the capital city of Jerusalem that was worse than rejecting him. They were simply ignoring him. There was a rising tide of resentment against him. And in the Greek and in the Roman cultures of the world, they didn't even know he existed. But yet Jesus was making a clear assertion that the kingdom of God had already begun. Well, yet who were following him? A few fishermen? A tax collector, dirty-faced little children, a few mothers, a few hangers-on on the fringe of society, a harlot here, a harlot there, a publican here, a publican there. Nobody really important had joined the band. So the disciples, especially Judas, were asking themselves, am I asked to believe that this Indeed, this crowd of really non-important people, that this represents the messianic kingdom of God? Can I stake my whole life after having left my nets and my boat? Can I stake my whole existence on this? I mean, some of the disciples were wondering, can I do it? Can I make a commitment to such a poverty-stricken situation. You see, that's why when our Lord died, they were completely demoralized and thought that this was the end of it all. So under these circumstances, you see the disciples needed encouragement. 
They needed correction in their thinking. So under these terms, Jesus then gives them these brief parables. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's not like an army. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It's not like you think it is at all. You know, he paints a picture of a man with a little seed packet in his hand. And with his two fingers, he reaches in and he gets hold of a seed, the absolute minimum, one, just one. Jesus did not take a seed of corn or a seed of barley. He uses the smallest one. A little sparrow could eat hundreds of mustard seeds even before breakfast. And yet, when the mustard seed came to its full growth, the kind of mustard seed that they had there, it would grow 12 feet tall and the birds could teeter in the branches of the tree. So what kind of lesson do we have here? We have this message that I must first emphasize. The message that the Lord Jesus was giving to his immediate congregation. Before we bring the parable out of the past and bring it into the present, we have to remember that he was talking to them. So what kind of kingdom was Jesus talking about? A kingdom of world domination? Absolutely not. A kingdom of world conversion? No. Jesus was saying to them, the kingdom of God has already begun. It's not going to burst upon the world with an explosion. It's starting in the smallest way that you can imagine. Jesus was stressing not the size, but the power of the little thing. And so Jesus, the king of the kingdom, was saying that his kingdom depends upon the power of the smallest thing. And he says to us, my kingdom will be slow. So don't get anxious. Don't be impatient. My kingdom is coming. So what kind of kingdom is Jesus really talking about here when he discusses the mustard seed and the leaven? He's talking about an inner kingdom. I mean, didn't Jesus say, the kingdom of God is within you? I mean, when we look at the Lord's Prayer, you know, it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hebrew poetry rhymed not in words, but in ideas. There's a repetition of thought, a repetition of the same idea in different words. And that is what is Hebrew po poetry. So what is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is not bordered by a geographical entity. The kingdom of God is not a place where you can station guards at the border. The kingdom of God is not a gate at which you can collect the duty. The kingdom of God is where the will of God is done. We are the kingdom of God. Only as we qualify as citizens of the kingdom of God. We are citizens of the kingdom of God only as we do 
His will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're talking here about an inner kingdom that Jesus said is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is within you. Jesus said, except you have faith as a grain of what? Mustard seed. The mustard seed does its work quietly. It's not flamboyant. It's not demonstrative. It's not dramatic. It does its work quietly. And friends, there is no power on earth that can change a human life. No power that can change a human life. We must allow the seed of faith like as a grain of mustard seed, which indeed can move the mountains. But this is not a mountain made of dirt and rock. We need it to move the mountain of the hardness of our heart. And the effect of faith in the human heart is to move that which no other power in the world can move. No matter how well-meaning you may be, no matter how well-meaning our intentions are, no matter how strong you know, our will may be, we cannot change one thing about ourselves except God do it. And he does it how? Through our faith in him. We are to water the seed. We are to plant this seed deep and water it morning by morning. And if we will water the seed, it's the seed that will do the job. We must do the watering. We must nourish, but the power is in the seed. The power is in the seed of mustard that can change the human life and break the bondage of sin and change our motives and put a new vision in our soul. I was reading this morning a little book that I have in my library called Christ Object Lessons. On page 96, it says, None are so vile, none have fallen so low as to be beyond the working of this power. In all who will submit themselves to the Holy Spirit, a new principle of life is to be implanted. The lost image of God is to be restored in humanity, but man cannot transform himself by the exercise of his will. He possesses no power by which this change can be effected. The leaven, something holy from without, must be put into the meal before the desired change can be wrought in it. So the grace of God must be received by the sinner before he can be fitted for the kingdom of glory. All the culture and education which the world can give will fail of making a degraded child of sin a child of heaven. The renewing energy must come from God. The change can be made only by the Holy Spirit. And who would be saved, high or low, rich or poor, must submit to the working of this power. You see, this power is not within us. It comes from outside. This is what we know as righteousness through faith. 
The power is not our own. It's not by human works, lest any man should boast. The power that works the change is the power of God. And while it is tiny, it does a powerful work. If we only allow the Lord to break up the beaten pathways of our lives and let Him plant that seed within the fertile soil of our heart. And He will nourish it, and it will do in us that which we can in no way do for ourselves. There are so many who have tried to reform by correcting this bad habit or that bad habit, and they hope in this way that they will become Christians. But they're beginning in the wrong place. Our first work is with the heart. The leaven that is hidden in the flour works invisibly to bring the whole mass under its leavening process. So the leaven of truth works secretly, silently, steadily to transform the soul. The natural in inclinations are softened and subdued. New thoughts come into our mind. New feelings, new motives are implanted and a new character. The mind is changed. Faculties are roused to action in new ways. We are not endowed with new faculties. The faculties which we have are now sanctified. You know, my, my grandmother and my mother used to have this, uh, these great big pans full of dough when they would make these Portuguese pumpkin fritters we call filhoses. And they would put this little tiny bit of yeast in there and it would work and work. And I would see those masses of dough rise and rise. And, and it took a little while. Right? The kingdom of God takes time. We must not be impatient. We just must be sure that we're doing the watering, that we're doing the cultivating of the seed of faith in the word of God. All the important lessons in this parable are deeply spiritual ones. The development of spiritual life, that life that is of the kingdom of God, depends on no human power. Now, there's one other thing I want to bring to your attention, and I think it's vital. Let's call it a missionary lesson. You see, it's very easy for us to be discouraged. You know, what can I do for God? I have very little talent. I've got a job. I'm confined to my home. I'm, I'm caring for my children. I'm so busy. What can I possibly do for the kingdom of God? So listen to this now. God has never told us to do big things. He emphasizes the small. A visit to the sick. I was sick and you visited me. He emphasizes the small cup of cold water. The widow's might. Jesus paid attention to the small. It's the little things. The things that we don't think are important. That cup of water, that visit to the person down the street, that widow's might given with a liberal heart, those are the things that caught the eye of Jesus. 
Now, that wasn't the way people thought. See, I might issue this caution as far as our own missionary cause and works are concerned. We are always searching for some spectacular method to get God's work done, aren't we? Some explosion, some push-button method to show the people of the world the truth about Jesus. We're looking for that. Is it possible that we follow, fall into the same trap as they did 2,000 years ago? I think that Jesus is speaking to us today when he says it's in the little things that oftentimes we despise, that we feel are beneath our notice. It's in these little things that we will get the job done. I mean, I wonder in the end who is going to finish God's work here in this world. In the end, the finishing of God's work, I wonder if it won't be a Gideon band that will do it after those whose hearts are not real, really in it have been purged by some test or another. And when God gets down to that little Gideon band who are there and who mean business, it will be by that little that the work will be accomplished, the work of the kingdom of God. You see, God is not looking for quantity. He's looking for quality. And the quality is often minuscule. Our power is not in the bowl of soup. The power is in the salt. We ought to not despise that which is small. The power is ours if we'd only use that which is tiny. A kind word. A little thing. The power is in the small. The power is in the loving. We've got that power. The thing is it that we're always looking for something spectacular. We're looking for something big when what we need to do is look at that which is small and see that Jesus said that's where the effectiveness is. A power that is in the leaven and it's tiny. All the world ignores it, right? We don't get the publicity we would like, and when we do get some, we're grateful for it. In a sense, it kind of feeds our ego, but we are a hopeless minority in the world. But the power is here because the truth is here. We've got to break the curse of inferiority. We need to develop, all of us, on our own, in our own way in our own town, in our own community, in our own homes, in our own neighborhood. We need to develop some godly nerves and realize that just some kind words are what people are looking for. It's in the tiny little things. We are not to develop an inferiority complex. The power is all ours, but it's in the tiny that we will move the world by the grace of God. When we let the power of a cup of water, the power of a little bit of yeast, 
The power of a little bit of salt, when we let that loose in the world, by the grace of God, the world will look at us and will finally see that indeed we are the people with the power of God, that God has worked his change in us and that we are ready for his kingdom. In Jesus' name, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious, simple little things that Jesus gave. We pray your forgiveness upon us. Lord, come into our lives. Now, plant seeds here. We ourselves can never change one bad thing, one bad habit, one hereditary characteristic. You must do it. We must cherish what you are able to do. So, Lord, now help us not to despise the small things. Help us to realize that in our homes, it's the little things that reflect your kingdom. Give us, Lord, a kind word here, a cup of water there, that finally when the great day of your glory comes and when your righteousness shall illuminate the earth, that we who are here today gathered listening to this might be the transparent vessels of your grace and may the world see that we've been with Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. If you've been following us for some time, you know that on every broadcast, we make a resource available. It's sometimes a book, a track, a magazine, something to help us better understand God's will, His will for our lives, and the important roles that we can play in advancing God's kingdom here on earth. And I have something for you. Um, I have quite a few of these still, and so I'd like to make them available. Amazing Health Facts, Eight Bible Secrets for a Longer and Stronger Life. This is a wonderful resource. We've offered it before, and I know many of you watching have requested it, but why not request another one with the purpose of sharing it with a friend or a family member? You know, your neighbor. If you have this, you'll know that it's chock full of very important practical articles on how to get the most out of life, you know? You know, nutrition, exercise, water, sunshine, right? Temperance, all kinds of, you know, air, rest, right? All kinds of very practical lessons. We'd love to share this with you. And if you have it already, take a copy and share it with a friend, okay? Uh, how do you get this? Very, very simple. We're gonna give you some information. This magazine will arrive in your home postage paid. There will be no invoice ever for this magazine. It is a gift from Lessons for Living Television to you, our dear viewer. So if you'd like to request your copy of Amazing Health Facts, Eight Bible Secrets for a Longer and Stronger Life, then pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.alforltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, 
L1G0A3, and we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. As always, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us. Just before we go, there's a couple of things I want to... Uh, just want to share with you. One of them is uh, if you are calling in for the, for the offer and uh, you happen to get a, the answering service, what it means is the volunteers are tied up with other callers. And so you, here's what you can do. You can leave a voicemail, but leave your name and your mailing address. Do your best to enunciate clearly. And that saves us a lot of time because it allows us to get that information right off that recording and not have to call you back and get the address. And so if you can do that, that would make things a lot easier for us. Sometimes we run out of the gifts that we have, we get overwhelmed and you know, there are shortages and it's sometimes difficult to get more stock. So we always try to send you something in replacement and we, we apologize for that. But if the gift you requested, we run out, we'll just send you something comparable. If you've requested a gift in the past and it never came, well then write to me, bill at l4ltv.com and I'll do my best to get the, track that down and get that to you as quickly as possible. Remember our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are available there. There's a Donate Today tab if you feel so impressed to make a donation to this ministry. We are a charitable organization. All of the money goes back into the ministry. None of it comes to me or my family. Follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we put out a one-minute devotional video. Great way to start your day focused on things of heaven. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash L4L Television. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. This way, every time we put something new on YouTube, you will be notified. Follow me on Twitter at Santos underscore Bill. And you can download an audio version of our program from our SoundCloud page. Those are all resources that allows us to remain connected with you in between our broadcasts. Please use those resources to check out our material and to share it with your friends and with your family. We are almost out of time, but I, I have to remind you of another aspect of our ministry, which is our overseas humanitarian work that we do under the banner of Mission Now Canada. We have a website, missionnowcanada.com. On the website, you can learn about the different projects that we have sponsored around the world. Nicaragua, the Philippines, we've done some incredible work over the last seven or eight years in Paraguay with the indigenous people in Paraguay providing free dental care, free medical care, doing some building projects for the community. It's some incredible stuff. The pictures are there. There's some videos on that there. Check that out, missionnowcanada.com. 
If you're interested in making a donation specifically to those projects, you can do that from the missionnowcanada.com website or and or you can find out about any other mission trip that we're going to be going on. Maybe you want to join us. Well, we're all out of time. This has been a lot of fun. I look forward to doing this again next time. I hope you'll join us. Till then, God bless you. We'll see you back here real soon.